regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E. So I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. Welcome to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. We are well into January now. Man, season 12, which is exciting, crazy to think about. I'll be approaching 200 episodes this year, so that'll be nice. Um, just been a wild ride, and I'm really glad. I'm, I'm excited about this month of what's to come. First and foremost, let me do a couple plugs, a couple things out of the way before I get into my special guest. First off, don't forget, you can continue to email me at the Life of an Average Joe podcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me if you think emails are old and antiquated. You can always reach out to me at the Life of an Average Joe podcast.com. We have the email list site, you know, we have all kinds of stuff there. So you can reach me there and on my social media. I'd also like to personally thank Groggy Dog for putting up with my hour and a half. Well, it wasn't a real hour and a half. Okay. Let's just say hour and a few minutes extra phone conversation the other day as we discussed plans and merchandise and all that. Groggy Dog, you guys are amazing. I cannot wait to get these hats and these t-shirts around the people that listen and the people that I basically make listen. So that'll be exciting. Um, but very cool. You guys have been really great to deal with. They're, they're amazing. Both locations here in Frisco. You got to check them out. You can go ahead and check them out online. Click on their links through my website. Very cool. But today I got a special guest, a man who's no stranger to the podcast, who's no stranger to dealing with my nonsense, who's no stranger to dealing with technical difficulties, and been on Ugh. every show I've ever had. He was even, even a special guest on the very short-lived Toy Cars on the Nightstand podcast um, at one point. So that's cool. Uh, he, I, I think he was. Or maybe that was a wisdom sesh. I'm going to say you were on wisdom. Toy Cars. <laughs> I think it was. Damn it. I had a guest <laughs> on there, but well, whatever. Anyway, there we go. But guys, welcome back, Nick Luck. How you doing, my friend? Hey, excited and full of energy. I'm so excited, so happy to be here today. I know, this is going to be a fun podcast. It's been a while since you've actually been on the official. You know, we've done things on Wisdom, we've been doing our lives. Um, but it's been a minute since you've been on the official podcast, the, the, the flagship one, if you will. And um, the last time, I believe, we were talking about what we always talk about, you know, culture, things like that. This is different, though. Not to say that we haven't talked about other stuff. This is different. This is an important podcast. This is one I'm very excited about. This is one, it's been a long time in the making for both of us, really. And we're going to dive into your book that is out now. But we're also going to really talk about the writing process, your ideas, my ideas. We both are about to go on a promotional world tour, so to speak. 
by that, all social media platforms and, <laughs> and everything else and really shove books down people's throats and get them to read something interesting, new and creative. And it's exciting because it's a new year and it's a project that I know for a fact that you have worked very hard on. And I know the process from experience that it takes to sit down and write and put these things together. And I could say I know from the process of what it takes to release that, but I don't because I haven't pulled the trigger. I've delayed, I've delayed, I've delayed until now. So, man, I don't really truly know where to begin. So I'm just going to toss this out there, Nick. Tell them right now. What book is out? Name. We'll promote it later, but let's dive into this book. Yeah, buddy. So Amazon kind of confuses me. It's um. Yes, it does. Oh, you know what? I just realized that's okay. I I, I just realized why. So the Kindle version was released on the twenty fourth of December, but the it was. paperback was the twenty fifth. Yes, and I was yes, like, I remember that. I remember that because I was. Hey, where's the link for the, you know for the for the paper version? And it was like the following day. It was Christmas. Yeah, but it's not a Christmas story. That would that would have been interesting if I tried to do that, go that route. But this would not be a very good Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's like it make a good Christmas present, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is book one of um, about five or four, most likely five. But the, the series, believe it or not. And the first book is titled Odd Company. Um, the synopsis is basically a cosmic terror. The Jabberwock wishes to devour the Cheshire and Milky Way galaxy. And our heroes will not sit idly by and just let it do so. A race against time and great loss as this ravenous monster consumes everything in its wake. It will take the combined effort of worlds, realms, and dimensions alike to stand up to it. But that may be easier said than done. So it's mainly a sci-fi book, but as you progress in the uh, later things, you'll see more of a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy, but this one is more, more so sci-fi. So based, and mind you, I haven't read it yet, and I've, I've, I am ordering this weekend. I am ordering... I'm still waiting on my copies. <laughs> I got the <laughs> yeah. Kindle version, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not doing the Kindle version. I'm not. I'm, I'm a traditionalist, oh, yeah. and I want the hard copy. Also, you're a friend of mine. And I just want the hard copy. That's just how I feel, man. I don't know. I Look, it is what it is. So I am ordering this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Um, but, you know, and, I, and you and I have been talking about this for a minute now, over a year, actually. And yeah. um, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been that long, but we've talked about this. So I know your inspirations, but. Based on what I know of the story and then listening to your podcast when you read us some of it, I hear different inspirations. Now, I want to hear from you. Are there particular books? Are there particular movies? Particular comics? Things that you like that you said, you know what? I've got this idea. And I want to do it like what what comes to what is the first I mean, I guess you could, you know, there's so many things I know from writing. There's so many things. And granted, my book is vastly different. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. And we'll get into that later. But so I know my inspiration and I know my inspiration when I write fiction, when I've written some fiction. 
But is there is there a consistent theme that really got you to say this is what I want to do? Oh yeah, it's been kind of a mixture of the big three video games, books, and movies. But I would say um, the games in particular, like Mass Effect, especially for this book, has been one of my biggest inspirations because that is truly one of my all-time favorite sci-fi epic uh, trilogies. And I've played it so many times, I forgot how many times I've played through that whole trilogy. And every time I get inspired more and more to um, add to my own universe of I Believe in Monsters. So that that definitely is like the, the top inspiration for me right now and also the books uh drew carpitian i feel like i'm mispronouncing his name he was the main writer for the first two games a little bit of the third one but he wrote a bunch of books too that were prequels to the games and i've kind of used the way he writes and describes things as um inspiration for how i do my storytelling as well and and I mean, what a what a perfect video game to choose from, in my opinion. I love Mass Effect, dude. Yes, a huge fan. So, and there's 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 a lot of games out there. And again, we've talked about it, and I mentioned it on the show. There's a lot of games out there I like, you know, that I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a gamer. I don't claim to be a gamer. I have fun with video games, but I don't claim to be on top of everything that's coming out or has or whatever. It's hard. But, yeah, but there are, like, I go back, and, like, when I think of video games, and granted, I'm 44, but when I think of video games, I think of the ones throughout my lifetime that have just hit me in those ways that I'm like, dang. And Mass Effect is one of those, that for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that because when I listen to it and I hear about, this creature being thing. And I'm only speaking this way because by the way, I'm excited. We're talking about the book, but do not give everything away on here. Of course, <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> we've got to save it so people can buy it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, I hear about this, this creature devouring everything across the galaxy and they got to stop it. Otherwise there's going to be nothing. everything's going to be disappeared and it reminds me of one of my favorite fantasy movies from the 80s the never-ending story oh yes and i think about that how the nothing was consuming everything and and literally the galaxy was falling apart there was nothing Mm -hmm. and and so when i hear that i know it's not the same but i'm like ah that sounds cool you know because here you here you are going up against this thing that literally it's, it's going to destroy you. So when you talk about your characters, when you talk about these characters and you said you're, you're going potentially, you know, four, but your goal is five books, which is an interesting number, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, do you, have you laid the groundwork for those five or you just know you want to wrap it up because you want to build this universe? Yeah, um, it was between four and five, mainly because I know how each book is supposed to be for the most part. I just have to fill in some blanks here and there and some extra details, especially as I'm remembering how um, the path for this character goes and that and just make sure 
connects the way um, it needs to be. Yeah. So I'm teetering between four and five because around the fourth and fifth book, there's going to be things happening that I'm not sure we'll be able to fit in four. So just in case there may be a, I know for the most part, a lot of what's supposed to happen. I think, I I guess maybe like 65% is like known. And I say 65 mainly because the way my brain works, it, it could be more right now, but because of how things are developing now, as I go, there probably will be a lot more stuff I want to add. Like with this book, I went, I went through this book like 10 times. And every time I kept adding new stuff to it, I was like, okay, this is better than before. I'm glad I thought about this (laughs) before releasing it. (laughs) And and dude, and that gets me to my, to my next thing. Like, dude, the process of, and this is what I've struggled with. I've struggled with a lot, but Writing the life of an average Joe podcast, my first book, or not podcast, writing the life of an average Joe, my life behind bars, the first book was a process for me, man. And mm-hmm. not because the idea I had, like, you know how you, and anybody who's has a podcast, who draws, who paints, who writes, who is in a band, who plays music, whatever, you know you have this these fragments, these little pieces of ideas. And most of those never turn into anything. Let's be yeah. real. They don't. You might take like a concept and incorporate it into something else you're doing because it's a cool piece. Like I've had lines. I've had these, these lines that I wanted some character to say in my fiction. Because I know I've, what I wrote is real is is nonfiction. Matter of fact, my three books in this series are nonfiction, but mm. I have written plenty of fiction in my day. And maybe I know you and I have talked about it briefly. There's there's a couple of things I thought that maybe like my zombie thing would be a cool graphic novel. Right. You know? And so so I've had lines that I've come up with and characters that I've been like, the this is this would be a cool line for this character. I just don't have anywhere to put them. And then later in life, I have realized, ooh, I can use that line and these characters in this story. Although it's completely different than what I wanted to envision these characters, I now have that line in this story. And I've done that. I've taken lines and put them in stories just because I thought it was a cool line and it worked, you know, Um, or cool scenery. But truth be told, there's a ton of crap I'm never going to use. And <laughs> I have a feeling. Right. And my problem with when I was writing my life behind bars, there's a couple things. There's, there's the one side of it, the reality side, job, um, focus on the, at the time when I started writing that, my son was like, he was one years old, two years old, you know, between one and two. I had the idea when he wasn't even thought of yet. And I started to jot down my journal of things that I would put in this book. But when I actually started sitting down and writing it, he was probably one and a half years old. Mm. So a one and a half year old, you're focusing on that. I was also getting ready to go through my divorce. So that took over. Your creative juices are gone when you're in that, that moment Mm, yeah 
you're trying to survive mentally, emotionally, physically, you're trying to work, you're trying to think of the future. So I, I, I couldn't get to it. It's like I got to it and stopped. Then shortly, and I, I know these all sound like excuses. These are just reasons. Right. But then slowly after that, I moved out. Bam, COVID hit, job loss. So here you are, no job. You have no idea what's going on in the beginning stages of COVID. You're assuming the worst because that's the way the world is, is, is viewing it. Yeah. My focus was not writing. My focus was how am I going to survive with my son and let's get this together and, and whatever. Then we start to come out of COVID in a sense and, and we start to work and find it. So I was like, okay, well, then I was working overnights. I would work from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Mm. I would come home, take a nap for an hour, get up, be with my son. I mean, where was the writing? So, again, it finally didn't click until it was like, okay, I'm out of overnights. And I did fit some writing in there. Yeah. I, was out of, I was out of overnights, and then I started to write. The, the problem I had was... And I'm sure you felt this way, or maybe I was writing so much. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like you are <laughs> on a roll and anybody who's writing knows when you're on a roll, dude, you just can't, you don't stop. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what happens when you stop, you don't, you're, you're getting back to it. You're probably not going to pick up that momentum again. Yeah, it's like, where did it go? It just totally vanished. <laughs> like... dude, right? <laughs> and I think I that's had. harder with some, I think that's harder with something like you're doing as opposed to what I was doing and did because mine was true and real and, and, you know, and it was my life. Mm -hmm. But as opposed to you, you're world building, you're weaving a story. You have these intricate details that you have to put in because they may not, pay, they may not come to play in this book but they're going to be something down the road. Yes. And that's got to be difficult. And my problem was I was writing too much and I had to narrow it down. I had a guy who was going to publish it. Amazing guy. I'm going to get him to publish my next one. Um, I'm definitely doing it because he should have published this one, but I just got a better deal somewhere else. So um, <laughs> I don't blame and, you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not mad at him. He would have worked with me. I had people, very good friends of mine that were willing to help me out financially because I went about it in a different way. Um, but I, but I'm stubborn and, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it on my own. So, um, you know, I'll need, if I need help with something else, I'll come to them, but this was something I had to do on my own. So this guy told me, he's like, Brandon, this great. This is too long. Mm. He said, if you're going to do this, then why don't you just split it up? You're already making a series, split it up. Yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So I decided I'm not going to... I listened to him. I cut a bunch of stuff out because as I read it multiple times, and when I say I read it multiple times, we're talking months of non-writing. Yep. We're talking months of just breaking it down, non-writing. I was on a show with Stuart, not Trash Talk, 
he was interviewing me about something. It was his Someone You Should Know show. This is before we started Trash Talk. And I mentioned the book. And he's like, when you have the book, we'll have you back on. That episode was two years ago. Oh, man. Because I got in my brain. I started overcorrecting. I started dissecting. I started ripping it apart. And I was virtually starting over. And that's the problem. I should have just said, okay, it's too long. Let's figure out what I could cut. I didn't need to dissect it like I was doing a freaking autopsy. Yeah. We are, we can most often be our worst critics. Did you let anybody read your book besides you when you sent it to publish? Did you, but, and I know you shared stuff on your podcast, which I thought was really cool. Oh, thank um, you. you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was fun. It was, it got me into, you know, putting together what you and I had talked about and, and also listening. So I thought that was cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it was, it was really cool. It's hard to do. It's hard to get up there and just read, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but did you let somebody like, did you let your wife read it? Did you let you, you know, did you have like, you have your, you know, your, your right hand man, you know, say, Hey, check this out. Or did you just Edgar Allan Poet and put it out? Well, I have, I'm currently the only one who's read it to completion yet. Um, but I've had my wife and a few other people uh, read the snippets here and there. Okay. Um, just because I was like, I, 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 I'm normally patient, but I've read it myself so many times. I think I'm good to publish it now. I don't want to wait anymore. <laughs> I understand that. I understand yeah. that completely. But that fortunately, yeah, I, I let a couple of people read like certain snippets here and there. And fortunately it was, very good feedback. Um, so I was very confident in releasing it when I did, especially that last proofread and edit just to make sure I had like everything in place because yeah, that last, that like that semi-final product. Ooh, I'm glad I went over it one more time. <laughs> so I have, uh, and that, the reason I ask that, because I always like to hear what people do. There are some people that are like, oh, you know, I let my spouse or I let my, my family member or I let, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Nobody minus the guy that was going to publish it. And of course, the people that did publish it read it. Um, I've, I've shared nothing of it. Um, I shared a couple months back, probably five months back, four months back, a screenshot of my forward and I posted that on all my social media. Then I did another screenshot of one of the chapters. That's it. I was going to read some cause I liked your idea and I was going to steal it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was going to read some decided not to, not because I'm ashamed, not because I'm embarrassed. I, I don't care. Um, I just didn't feel like it was going to do the book justice um, because it's different. It's, it's, it's different than a story. Um, I mean, because it is fic it's, it's nonfiction. So I didn't do it. So I've had nobody read it at all. And I, I don't know which way is better. Is it, you know, I, I don't know. I think I almost think that nobody for me, I kind of like nobody knowing anything. Yeah. I like that idea too. And 
the fun thing about it is me thinking about going into something blind, especially um, knowing what I know about you and how you have your um, podcast, the way you speak, the way you write based off of the articles you showed me in the past. I have a snippet of what I um, believe the book could be composed of. And that is nice to, to, uh, to think of, but not knowing exactly how it's going to be. It's definitely a interesting way to go into it. And I, I do like that. It's, it's, it's definitely fun being able to experience both sides where, you know, snippets of something, maybe uh, some teasers here and there. And then on the other side, it's nice to go into something completely blind, which I've done both on multiple uh, for multiple things, whether it's games or movies, whatever. So when you're, yeah, I think there's, I think there is something to that. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what I'll do on the next one. The next one's done, by the way. It's as far as I'm, I'm concerned, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So this is what I was going to get at. Isn't it interesting that the writing process is different for every piece that you write? So, oh yeah. I I whipped this one out fast. I don't know why. It, I've I've reread it multiple times. I've made changes, but not. I'm kind of like this is. I now before it goes to print, yeah, I'm gonna go through it again, obviously. Right. But for the most part, I've read it. I don't feel like I have anything to add to it. Maybe I'll tweak out the forward or you know whatever. Um, I think I have to add, I always like to dedicate or say something about, you know, who, who this book's to or what I think this is, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. true or funny. Um, this one has a little more, I think, I mean, the other one has humor, but this one definitely has more humor to it. It's a more of a, <laughs> a sarcastic kind of tone, but real, just sarcastic in a sense, you know, um, but I wrote it fast. So I don't know. I may because it's a different it's still very much in that series but because it's a different vibe i may read it i don't know but it's a, you know i i just think that i kind of like the the unknown so when you are writing your book so you do you work on simultaneous projects or are you a one project person Ooh. i know the answer i'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for as long as i could remember it's been multiple projects at once just my brain does not allow me to just focus on one thing for too long but it, it works i think honestly for me it's worked out for the better especially since all my projects connect whether they will connect now or connect a little further down the line so as i go to this project i'm like oh wait that'd be kind of cool to connect to this that kind of similarities that would be really nice and so so forth so it, it definitely works out in the better and that's why after now that this first book is done i'm going to a spinoff that eventually connects you know it, it'll help me develop the second book in that series and back and forth so i think that yeah i think i tend to go for multiple projects for the most part um obviously with the podcast i got a little too wild um, I had these great ideas, you know, I had the blog, I had literally at one point I had almost one, two, three, almost four different shows going on. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And all vastly different while still the same, you know, still me like pieces mm -hmm. of me. 
then I, you know, I got a, in a, a paid ambassadorship for another program. And then we were on Soundwave having fun with that. And I had all these vocal podcasting audio things. And I was like, bruh, enough. I've got to narrow it down because number one, I can't promote all of them properly. Number two, eventually one of them is going to slack and one of them is not going to turn out the way I want it to. And I really needed to focus on one. So I whittled it down and now I just do two shows. That's it. I mean, I have my social media and crap, but yeah. I just do the two shows. But when writing for me, again, I've had ideas just like you have, and you write them down, you put them in your notebook, you put them in your phone, whatever. But when it came to ideas, as far as books or stories go, I was very hyper-focused on one at a time. Even writing back when I was writing my zombie book, which again, I would love for that to turn into a graphic novel. If it does, cool. I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm not the guy to draw, that's for sure. Um, but <laughs> I, I kind of have a vision of it that way. Um, but that one, man, I had so many ideas for that. I spent so much time writing that. And I had other ideas that I thought I could knock out quicker than the zombie book, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to take away from, I was immersed into the world of this book, into these characters, into what was going to happen. I already had the ending written long before the middle crap. You know, I That's knew also a good way to do it. It really is. Cause you can connect a to B, mm -hmm. you know, but I knew, I didn't know how these characters were going to get to this point. I didn't know how they were going to meet each other. I didn't know what was going to, but I knew how I wanted this to end and I was immersed in it. So I didn't want to take my brain away from going from the zombie world. And all of a sudden I'm going to a romance story, which I wouldn't do anyway, but a zombie romance, <laughs> zombie romance. Cool. You know, that might a zombie bromance, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, something like that. So I didn't want to do that. So do you find it hard? Like when you, especially as you're getting to the, in the depths of this, I mean, once book two comes out for you, you're, you're almost at the halfway point of your series. Are you going to find it hard to bounce out and do other projects like that are writing related? Um, nah, I think it's actually a good break for me to be able to, kind of relax on certain things. So for instance, um, I'm working on a children's book right now, which is a massive relief from working on building a whole universe as opposed to just focusing on a little town <laughs> type deal. Um, and I don't really have to do any of the writing because my dad did the writing. <laughs> I just have to That's do what I, I didn't know. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had <laughs> added another book to your repertoire. <laughs> or if if you were okay, so this we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. So mm -hmm. you are working on the children's book now, and that's kind of is that almost like I equivalent this to Robert Downey Jr. was doing the Iron Man, doing Avengers, man, boom, boom, and then all of a sudden he came out with Due Date, the comedy with the dude from The Hangover, completely with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Jamie Fox. One of the huh. coolest, funniest movies I've ever seen, by the way. I love it. But it was at, it was like, you know, almost peak 
RDJ as Iron Man, and he had been working on tough stuff. And then all of a sudden, he like took a break and was like, "Bro, I need to do this." Yeah. I I equivalent that to that, like when a, and I've seen other celebrities do it. I saw Christian Bale do it with Terminator. He got done with Batman. I was like, I just got. I'm gonna do something different. I'm doing Terminator, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then like I've seen that happen with celebrities. So that's what I equivalent to. Like you have sunk your your blood and sweat and tears into this one project. And you're like, bro, I'm just going to go do this kid's book because I don't even want to think about that right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly how it is. Because the, the mind frame of it is as much as I love that project, as much as I want to jump right into book two, which book two is actually mostly done, but kind of oh, like really? how book one. Yeah, kind of like how book one was, though. I know I got to go through it a few times and see what I need to add to it still, develop still. Because um, it's, I want to say it's another like one of those 60% done. Because the first book was originally going to be like 500 pages. Then I cut it into like and a half. So the second book has about like 200 and so pages. But I think I'll probably need to add another 100 before it's just right. So what is your book? What is your first book clock in at? Um, so the conversion was a little weird. So the first book on Google Docs came to like 247, I believe. And I tried to organize it so like each chapter was a new page, no matter where the previous chapter ended on the page. Yeah, yeah. But when I converted it to the Kindle and even on the paperback. It didn't do that. Now, I know on the Kindle, you can actually adjust it so it does do that to a degree. But yeah, the, so the Kindle in the in the um, paperback, they're around uh, 300 or so pages, like 308 or four or something like that. OK, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I kind of like honest. I kind of like the idea of it being actually 300, even if there's some extra spaces here and there, you know, as long as it still looks nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good number. That's a pretty good number. So with this book, let's go back to the to the children's story. Mm-hmm. This is a children's story that your dad published or that he didn't complete? Um, both, actually. He was planning on at least doing a second book. But he he did he did manage to publish the original. But he, and uh, he did want to do at least a second one. But he uh, he passed away before he got a chance to do that. Um, so this was about 20 years ago, uh, a little over 20 years ago, he, uh, published the original one. And in the back of my head, I always thought about the idea of finishing what he wasn't able to do as kind of like our final collaboration together, our final project together, a father son deal. And within this, within like last year, it hit me where I'm like, okay, I'm finally on a, on a path where I'm going to push in these books, making this finalized version. Finally, I need to, I want to honor my dad as well and finish what he started too, Absolutely. because it just, I, I, I want to, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So when is when are you, re, are you if you're i imagine you're pretty close to to that being done oh yeah i only got like nine 
uh, drawings is left to do. <laughs> so are you going to, do you have a specific time that you want to release that? Are you just going to go back to back? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, this one's going to be relatively fast. I, originally I was like, yeah, maybe March. Cause I don't know if I'm going to have the time. And then as I started drawing, I'm like, wow, this is coming really fast. Um, I might be done by like January, the end of January or uh, even February. <laughs> wow. So wow. honestly, once I'm done with the illustrations, I'm just going to go over it one more time just to make sure the pictures fit. Because what I'm doing is I'm looking at the original drawings. And the only reason why I'm redoing them is because I want the drawings to be consistent throughout the series. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to include the original book in this one as well but like towards you know in, in the extra section like hey here's the original how it looked before um so yeah i'm just looking at those original pictures how they line up with what's being written and kind of just reimagining reinterpreting them in yeah. my own style and all that and um so yeah that i think that's another reason why it's coming together so easily is because i have this reference this foundation that i'm just building off of yeah. And it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, it's not like you're sitting there doing this all from scratch. You know what I right. mean? Like, like everything you have this base and well, I think that's a very fun, exciting thing to do. And again, a breath of fresh air because it's different. There's some yeah. true meaning behind it, you know, and there's a different layer of emotion and pride that goes in that. Yeah. It's know? kind of funny too, because as I'm writing this, my head is still like, okay, let me, this will be a cool, cool idea for the second book. Oh yeah, that'd be an awesome idea for that spinoff book too. So my right. mind is still working on those other projects, but I'm not like sitting down and writing chapter chapter yet. I'm just writing down ideas and scenes to eventually write those in depth uh, when I get to that point. <laughs> And yeah, of, of course. I mean, those ideas, I mean, because you got your your books out and it's freshly out, I mean, it's a matter of a, two weeks old tops, not even. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have those ideas stuck in your head. You're going to have those ideas coming. You're going to have that mindset. So it's probably a good thing that you are focused on this this book, the second book, or I mean, this, you know, the, the project that you're doing now, yeah. the children's book, and having those ideas pop up, you know? So... As you're writing these books, do you ever worry personally? I mean, you know, I'll answer too. You ever worry <laughs> what people will think? Do you think about that at all? Oh man, all the time. That's <laughs> so honestly, as an artist, my main thing is based off of what I feel from my inspirations, you know, the the joy, the passion that I feel from these projects that I love so much that I get immersed in. Sure. And one of my biggest things, one of my biggest accomplishments I want to do as an artist is to give my potential fans, readers, whatever, that those same feelings that I'm creating from these characters and the stories, the world that they're in. And right. to hope that people can take from that and maybe even create their own stuff or just think fondly of it um from then onward and be like man that that character was i really saw myself in that character or that story was really gripping i i really 
loved how this was. It, it really, it, it, it has a pl special place in my heart. That's what I hope to accomplish with these books. And I know it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And, you know, that's, it's, you know, things, it's not going to be for everyone. But I hope that there will be a special group of people that will appreciate it. And I can, I can understand that. I get that. I, maybe it's me and maybe it just goes with who I am as a person. I don't give a crap. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care at all. Like, here's the thing. Less stress. <laughs> yes. Do I want somebody to read this that I don't know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I want somebody to read this that I don't know. I don't care if that's one stranger. I don't care if that's one person that listens to this podcast that bothers me on some other social media outlet, whatever, or that just picks it up because it sounds interesting. Yeah. And reads it. That is, that's what I want. Yeah. I know my people, my friends, my followers, my, that are real legit that I communicate with on a reg. I know they're going to read it, buy it, whatever. I also know they're going to tell me the truth too. I know they're going to really tell me, Hey man, that was cool. I enjoyed it. Or yeah, but you know, maybe next time I think it was a little long. I think you were a little, whatever. Like I'm cool oh, with yeah. all that. I want that stuff. That doesn't hurt my feelings. That doesn't make me angry. I want that. But as far as people that, that read it or that look at it and go, Oh, that's stupid. I don't want to ever read that. Your TikTok fan base, your TikTok, you know, toxic Avengers that are out there oh, yeah. that literally just bash everything that people do. It doesn't matter what they do. I could cure cancer and they're still going to make fun of me. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's always someone for some reason. <laughs> right. You know, they like, dude, literally someone can post something about example. We just had that horrible, act, you know, situation with the NFL. I mean, dude, dude died. <laughs> They brought him back twice, okay? Mm. Homeboy died on the field. I mean, and everybody was crying, and there was all these players from both teams, and people there praying, and the guy's like, look, I just believe in prayer. Somebody posted a clip of this guy saying, I just believe in prayer, and I'm going to keep doing it. And, I mean, the guy in the comments goes, oh, yeah, thoughts and prayers, what an idiot. And I'm like, really? Mm. Like, bro... I I don't care what you believe, what you don't believe. This guy ain't hurting you. Exactly. It's you not know, hurting how, anybody. Right. So the same thing. If I put my thing out there and I am promoting it and I'll promote it on TikTok and somebody's like, ooh, big deal. You wrote a book. You think I give a crap? <laughs> I'm not going to engage. I don't even give a crap. I just want one stranger to read it and I want it out there. That's all I do because sometime, some point down the road, my son's going to read it. Well, I'm saving him a copy, obviously. Oh, yeah. But somebody's going to pick that book up who was part of one of those stories. Who was in there. Who knows what I'm talking about. And they're going to go, dang, I remember that. Yes. That's what I want. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to stumble across it online at a freaking dollar store. Who knows? And they're going to stumble across it and go, oh, wow. And it's also for me, 
It's just, I, I want to do this and I'm out. Look, if I, I put these three books out in this series, if I, if the next thing I want to work on is getting that graphic novel done, if it happens, if I never get it out and I die, well, I got the three books out. Yep. You made an effort to do what you could and that's what matters. And that's it. I don't want to continue writing and I have, and have a mission of getting these, of getting books out over and over again. I love writing. I really do. I love it more than I lead on and I write more than I lead on, but I don't, this is what's in me and that's all I want to do. It's kind of like there are those directors that go, I just want to make these three films and I'm out and they literally do it. Yeah. <laughs> they bounce. Peace. You know? <laughs> you know, and that's okay. Or actors who said, look, I got to do these movies. I don't want to do it anymore. I, let's look at Macklemore. Okay. Macklemore, who actually was pretty dang good. Um, you know, and I love him, man. He made enough money to get himself out of the gutter, to buy a house, to take care of his family, to buy his girlfriend the engagement ring that he that she thinks or that he thinks she deserves. And he quit. That's literally, he quit at the peak of his game. He went out when he was so relevant and he was up there. Everybody was talking about him. But he was done. And he bounced. Uh, I was wondering what happened to him. Because I was like, man, I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> literally, he is living his bet. He invested his money. He's married. He's got kids. And he is just dadding it up. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that's amazing. He he came in, did his job, and bounced. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to do. Man. I don't care. I don't care what people think. Just like my podcast. If I can reach one person that I don't know, if I got one listener, and I know I do, and I'm beyond grateful, if I've got one listener that I don't know that gets something from this podcast, laughter, entertainment, a lesson, something to get them through the day, then I did my part and I'm okay. Would I like to have a million listeners and a million subscribers and 15 million? Yes. Am I shooting to double my digits this year? Absolutely. That's my goal. I set my podcast goal. I will double my listenership this year. It's going to happen. That's the way it is. You know, but if I don't and I stay consistent and I still got those people that listen to it, that get something from it, then I did my job. I don't care about the haters out there. I don't care about the trolls that, that really have it out for me. And there's, there's several that still just, they, they get off just listening to me and then sitting down in the little crony group talking trash. It's really embarrassing, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, they always make themselves look worse right? than uh, what they're talking about. <laughs> like, you hate, you hate me so much, but you continue to listen to my podcast which also pays me, so thank you. You yeah. continue to listen to it just so you can leave and be like, oh my God, guess what Brandon did on his show today? <laughs> I got nothing better to do. Let me be toxic for right. a bit. <laughs> let me be toxic. Let me let me waste my hour because I and give money to somebody I don't like just so I can go waste another hour talking about that. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, and I know what happens and I could literally call them out by name right now, but I'm too old for that and I don't care. <laughs> Um, but whatever. So for me, I don't give a crap about it. I don't care. The book is there. It's going to be there. And I have something to say because it is a lesson. Like 
my book is a lesson that I learned in life. I mean, I might've had to learn it like 50,000 times to get it right, but I learned it. It was my life. It was literally blood and sweat and tears, not my tears, but blood and sweat. Although I probably cried in, at some point in, during that, um, in the industry, in the service industry, in, in what you do when you put your life into something, your, your emotions, your talents, and the abuse that takes place in the service industry and the amazing people that you meet in the service industry, as well as the horrible stories. I mean, literally had a chef die on a shift. Mm. I mean, we literally had a bar taken over by gypsies. What? I know, dude, it's all in the book. And it's a true, and these are not make-believe stories. We (laughs) true story. Uh, there's other things like, and there's funny stuff too. And then there's sad stuff and corruption of ownership. Like this isn't Brandon just venting. It's Brandon teaching people like you think, you know, what goes on and you think you hear the worst. Let me tell you something. Here's a guy who's been doing it since the age of 15. And this is what I did from the nightclubs to the little bars, you know, and it's fun, man. It's cool. You know, Hey, one minute we're literally trying to get Tommy Lee of Motley Crue to take this girl home that he brought and he just left her in a nightclub. Flat out left her. She was passed out drunk. She didn't know. She didn't know her name. It was when the Super Bowl was in Detroit and Tommy Lee like rented out the hole upstairs. Um, Wow. Dude, did he take care of everybody? Yeah, I'm not going to bash him. He took care of everybody. He paid it. Well, his people paid everybody. But he left this girl here and said, hey, man, I don't know who she is. Just make sure she gets home. Well, where the hell is her home? (laughs) And I got a story about that in there. You know, it's just somebody's going to enjoy that. And if they're not, well, I did it. And that's all I can say. Oh, I know I definitely will based, based on what you've been telling me and even what I've learned today. Like, yeah, this is going to be a fun book. <laughs> so I, th- I think it's interesting as, as we as approach, you know, we do things. You, you do put your heart and soul. I put my heart and soul in this podcast. I know you do. I, mm-hmm. When you draw, you put your time, your thoughts, your energy into your drawings, to your art, whether it's for somebody or just for yourself. Oh yeah. You know, it's a representation of you. So there is, there's, there's pride and I do take pride. I take pride in the podcast. I I know I'm having fun, but I take pride. And you do want you, we as human beings want to be liked. We want to be, we want somebody to give us some sort of accolade, whether we admit it or not. I, I know that. Yeah. But I don't need everybody to sit there and jerk me off, you know? Um, I mean, you know, I just don't, man. That's a good book. Yeah, that's a great book, buddy. Good job. I need that. I, you know, I spent a lot of years surrounding myself by yes men. A lot of years that were, yeah, Brandon, absolutely, yeah, Brandon, yeah, Brandon, and it's like y'all don't even have a thought, you know. And and being around, being having a bunch of yes men around you does nothing. It hurts. You think you have a team, a crew, leadership. Uh, an army behind you and you don't you just have these people that are saluting you because you're the guy in charge that's it yeah you there's know? no worse there there's no um 
what's it called? You don't have that genuine feeling, the the legitimacy that makes it feel like it's actually something worthwhile with these people. And that's yeah, it, it can be draining once you once you see that's a thing. That, that exactly that's a problem. And that's what Hollywood goes through, you know. I oh, mean, yeah. all these people just and I would much rather have you call me up and be like, bro, I read the book and dude. Yeah, it was cool. It's crazy you went through that. But man, it was not put together good at all. Like I would <laughs> like I would like you know what I'm saying? Like I would I I would have way more respect for you telling me that and yeah. having it be your feeling to be like, "Yeah, bro, it was one of the best I ever read." And be like, "Really? No, it's not." But you know well, what I'm saying? Like shut I, up. <laughs> I would hope for the same thing for my for my books, but uh I would definitely try to say it with as much tact as possible <laughs> yeah like if i read your book when i read your book and if i have an issue and it's like i feel that way which i won't i already know i won't be like bro i read this garbage what the what what you send me dude how and why did you put this crap out there you know i'm not gonna give you i'm not gonna give you the wb treatment you know what i mean Oof. <laughs> you know like, uh. But at this point, dude, I don't even think I'm like you could be the worst writer in the world and you ain't gonna be as bad as they are. So <laughs> yeah, that's a big relief. <laughs> that should be everyone's goal right now, not to be as bad as them. <laughs> no, not no. And I don't want to go off on that topic, but let's not forget there are heavy rumors that they're considering keeping Ezra Miller. So there you go. Uh they got a randomizer. That that's it. That's all I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna happen because it says WB execs. Well, James Gunn's going to be like, nah. Nah. <laughs> Unless Ezra Miller has something, like has some serious dirt on these guys, oh, which he's... is why he hasn't got fired. <laughs> some old Twitter p- tweets. <laughs> right, or some videotape of, of these guys doing weird stuff to animals. Then I don't... Oh, God. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to talk about that. But... um. <laughs> So the book's out. Let's tell everybody where you can get it before we kind of wrap our, our awesome show up here. Cause we could have made a three-parter about this, honestly. Oh, easily. Yeah. There's, there's a lot we could talk about. It's, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, with um, Odd Company, it is currently on Amazon. Um, there's a link tree in my, um, on my social media, like my TikTok, my Instagram um, and that'll take you to where it's available. It's a little easier clicking on that link than just typing in, you know, I believe monsters book one, our company for some reason, everything, but that comes up in the search. And I'm like, I'm like halfway down the list and I'm like, nothing else matches what you searched. I don't know. It's weird, but yeah, the link will take you there. Currently it's only available on Amazon. I'm trying to see about getting it in other places like local, but so far, that's the best spot to pick it up at. And guys, I'm also going to have that link on all my outlets, and it'll be attached to this episode. If you go to lifeofanaverageshowpodcast.com and you'll see uh, guest spots, featured episode, you click on that. Nick, will, Nick has a profile on my page. You can find all of it there. Um, oh, yeah. So that'll be there and, and, and all that and, and all my social media as well. Yeah, getting into local books. So that's what I was going to ask you. Are you planning on doing a, I'll, we'll just use the word tour because to, to, it sounds cool. Are you planning on doing a, a little tour? Are you going to try to maybe find a, a reading somewhere or 
a mom pa shop, a library, something like that? Or are you just, you're going to focus really on getting it out there to the masses through the, the internet? I'm going to be basically doing all of the above, whatever I can add yeah, absolutely. access to. Yes, yes. Um, the paperback copy to, um, right at the moment, I'm going to order more over time, but one is going to be my personal copy. And then the next, the, the second one, I'm going to see if the library will accept a donation and just have it for them. And if they do, I'll look and maybe giving them another couple copies. I'm however, however many they'll accept if they accept. So there, there's a couple comic stores that I, you know, like kind of like uh, small, like mom and pop spots that I'm hoping will accept. I'm not really trying to make money. Although I would, I'm just trying to get it. You know, the the books out there, see them. Yeah. You know, expand the fan base. So doing stuff like that and those little stands that where you can take a book if you you know put in a book I'm, yes i'm yes. gonna be driving around the neighborhood and trying to put some in there you know as i acquire more of these books over time i will say this man uh 99.9 libraries take donations matter of fact the frisco library where i am um they have a thing at the back of the building literally for return books and donations and you can literally just toss the books in this little slot. And this library is massive, by the way. Um, so I imagine what I would do, personally, don't even ask them. Just find out, go online, Google, whatever your closest library is. How do I drop off library donations? They'll tell you. And just go drop it off. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I mean, seriously. I mean, most of these libraries get their books through donations, most of them, even the very big fancy schmancy ones. Um, and Frisco has, I mean, dude, their library's four stories. So, um, man, that's awesome. Oh, bro. I'll have to take, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll send you, I'll do like a little live video or, uh, you know, I'll record something or send you. Yeah. I'll, next time Luke and I go, um, I'll do a little video of us walking up to it and, yeah, the children's yes. library, the children's floor is the entire second floor. Dude, that reminds <laughs> me of the Carnegie Library back in my hometown, Pittsburgh. It was it was nice. about like that size. The best library I've ever been to. Nothing else I've ever been to compares to it. It was it was about that same kind of size, too. Oh, I miss but, that. <laughs> dude, they have these 3D printers that you can use. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. And they have like a whole computer lab, like when my internet was down for like three days or I think it was like three or four days, I would go there and just do work. And then they had, oh, yeah, dude, it's, I'll show you, man. It's dope, dude. Uh, oh, very cool. Man. And they do a lot of stuff there too. They do a lot of activities. There. Like Luke and I went there. It was uh, the year that it was the Christmas at like 2019, um, December, 2019. It was like, right before the divorce, uh, Luke and I went to the library on New Year's Eve. Um, they had a kid's countdown. And so he was, yeah, one at the time. And one and a half, I don't know. May I, yeah, that seems accurate. One, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so he, uh, maybe he was closer to two. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Point is, he was young. 
And we went there and they had like balloons and little treats for the kids. They gave them all these little books and then they did like a happy new year. It was really fun, man. We were there for like an hour. He played hour and a half. He played and it was cool, you know, but they do all these really cool things there. So anyway, my point is just find out. Ask oh, yeah. where do you donate? Don't ask them if you can. Just say, where do I drop off book donations? How does that work? They'll explain it. If they say, oh, we got to approve them. Cool. If they say, no, we don't take them, fine. Most times they'll say, drop them here. A lot of times, if they don't put that book in that library, they send it to other libraries in the district. Mm. So your book will land somewhere. And I do think the uh, take a book, leave a book, that's a great idea. That's fun. Um, so it's a win-win regardless. <laughs> it's a total win-win. Uh, reaching out to some of those comic book stores that you uh, stores that you frequent, that might be kind of cool. Like you said, I feel the same way. I'm not here to make money. I would love, my goal is to get it out there. And ultimately, yeah, if I make my money back that I spent, that's exciting. Oh, yes. Um, but I'm not looking to make money. Um, you know, not off this book or any books, quite frankly. Uh, I just want them out there. So I get that. And I think like going to places that you know the most, especially with mom pops, you're going you're gonna to form that relationship. You know, and, and that's might... what's so good too is that. Oh, sorry, what was that? No, I was gonna say you might be able to wiggle your way in somewhere that way. Yes, and what I like too is a lot of these places they love local, um, local artists, authors, all of the above. They they love the support. So back when I published like my very first book, like ten years, ten plus years ago. Um, I was able to do the same thing where my local comic shop was selling copies of my original book and uh, when I was at Comic-Con and all that. So um, I know a local author who also has, she has right now. she's fingers of fire. She got like six books out in like three years. It's she's amazing. Yeah. She is intense. It, the book I've been reading them and I'm enjoying them so far, but um. I've been looking. I've been looking after her um, journey, and she's had book signings at these other places that I'm also was also considering putting my books. And I'm thinking, you know, if they accept it, maybe I could do a book signing. Uh, sometimes I'd be honored so much to have an opportunity, even if it was just like, even if I just got to be there in general, just a little table for like I don't know an hour or something. I I would be so. I would just be uh, sky high. I would just be <laughs> so in, so much in bliss. I yes, and that's exactly how I felt. And I got lucky because I reached out to. I don't want to say them right now, but because I'm, I'm making an official announcement when they make an announcement about not me, but they're they have a, they're moving their brewery. So this is probably giving away. <laughs> they're moving their brewery to a bigger location down the street that is near done. They're adding the restaurant to it. And they have um, <clears throat> like doubling their brewery production. I've known these guys since they only had three beers. So I've known these guys for years and Ooh. they've always been part of everything I've done. When I put together, two, I put together two beer festivals. That's in the book too. Um, 
And these guys were massive, massive supporters. I got engaged at their brewery, although that's not a great thing. Um, oh, man. But, uh, you know, and these guys have just been phenomenal to, to everything I do. I've supported them and they've supported me. But they're moving breweries, and it's an amazing place because on the outside, it's basically like a craft beer heaven. They're going to – they'll have the restaurant. They'll have other food trucks. They're going to have live music. But what's cool is they have these little stalls that are rented out for artists, local artists, oh. uh, painters, musicians. So they do all this stuff. They're very much into that. And I am going there. I'm not renting a stall. But I'm going to be there doing a book promotion, book signing. Here's my book for a block amount of time. They're allowing me to do that. I'm so stoked about that, you know. Oh, and man. then I've got another one in Fort Worth. This won't narrow it down, but uh, that there, I've similar relationship. I'm doing one there. I'm working on a third. I'm forming very good relationship with this uh, this other brewery and i kind of feel like for this book it makes sense to hit up breweries it's the line of work i'm in it's the line of work i've been in as far as bars go and the craft beer scene for years so it only makes sense to promote this book at local breweries it also gives me an opportunity to quote unquote sell out so if i if i have 30 books and i go through all of them cool. I'm, I sold out. Oh, you, know? Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to have this massive surplus. I can bring, you know, 20 books. And if I sell five, then hey, you know, um, but it gives me an opportunity to do this quasi tour. And, you know, I would like, there's a couple local small bookstores here in, in Dallas and Dallas and stuff like that. That's I'm, I'm working on that. But I want to do these first. And I'm probably going to do the same thing you're doing. Take a book, leave a book. Because I've got, I've got three of those. Just I got two in walking distance. And then another Perfect. one I can drive to, you know. And, <laughs> I, and, I, and the library idea was genius, dude. So I'm probably going to steal that idea. So Yes. Um, but that's what you got to do, man. And, and by the way, guys, all this stuff from Nick and myself, will be you'll be able to follow this journey, this crazy journey. Not only will you be able to order the books like Nick said off Amazon and then off, you know, mine off my website and all that, you'll be able to follow this journey on the podcasts, on Facebook, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram. We will have constant updates of what we're doing, what the process is of the book, where it is, how it's going, all that stuff. And I'm very excited to not only be a part of it, but I'm excited to follow and watch and see how creative you get as you start diving into book number two. Uh, thank you. Same goes for you, like seeing the, the variety, but the similar style of the books that you have, uh, that you're working on, rather how they will vary but like you said still have that same style of yours it's very cool and that's actually similar to how my books are going to be like I, I was saying how the first one's mainly sci-fi but you start to see more fantasy since i'm adapting alice in wonderland and the wizard yeah. of Oz in my series yeah so. dude alice in wonderland is my favorite i don't know if i told you that or not oh yeah um, it is my favorite i love alice in wonderland um I, even like I said, the, the crappy Tim Burton version, um, <laughs> it's not really that crappy. It's not great. 
but um, I love it. I love every aspect of it. I've been watching Alice in Borderland on Netflix, which is, I don't know why I said Netflix, but. Um, oh, that's wondering. <laughs> Netflix. It's the porno version. It's called Netflix. Oh, no. It probably <laughs> no. does exist, to be honest. It probably does, dude. If, if it doesn't, it does now. Um, <laughs> no, Alice in Borderland. Have you, are you familiar with that? Uh, loosely. I have seen oh, p- bits bro. and pieces because over time, as I've been developing the Alice in Wonderland side of the story, I have been looking towards a bunch of other references outside original stuff. What could inspire me in this own version of it? So it's, it's well, really fun. Alice in Borderland is fire, dude. It's so good. Um, it's very different and unique, but it obviously has similarities um so yeah i'm a big alice in wonderland fan so i'm excited to see how the fantasy and and stuff like that kind of lingers over into your books as you as you move on uh that's gonna be fun wizard of oz the books the wizard of oz books are phenomenal i'm not a fan of the movie but i'm a fan of return to oz just not right. the actual original and i'm ex- i know we've talked about this but i am a fan of uh the books. so this is this is gonna be fun Guys, first and foremost, don't forget to, to follow Nick Luck's podcast, the AOK podcast. I know he's got an episode that he dropped last week. Yes, I think it was. Oh, was yeah. it last week? Um, yeah, it was last, it well, was last week. Technically, I did drop one today. It was supposed oh, really? to be Monday, but I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't dr- upload that episode. So I just uploaded it like two hours ago. <laughs> I didn't even get an alert on that. Normally, I get an alert. What the hell, man? Uh, <laughs> Anchor has been a little weird lately. Yeah, anchor, get it together. <laughs> Pissing me off. Um, but anyway, follow the AOK podcast. You can check him out there. You can check him out on TikTok, his link tree. Everything that he has is listed right here on the life of an average podcast.com. Of course, everything will be listed when you know his links and all that. My links for the book. I have to wait, guys. I have to wait. Just give me another week. I have to. I'm not obligated, but I have to. <laughs> I'm chewing on a, uh, what's it called? Uh, not a gummy bear. Um, my throat hurts, so it's those gummy, helps uh, your throat out, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're lifesavers. Yeah, they're good, man, but they're, yeah. oh, my God. Anyway, so, <laughs> sorry about that. So unprofessional. Um, but well, That works because I get paid next week, so I'll be like, yeah. Give me a book. Yes. The book's <laughs> coming. You can go right directly to the website. I'm going to do a lot more promo for it. I'll throw the dates out on when I appear at these breweries. Very excited about that. That's going to be over the next, starting in January, going February, and then in, uh, hopefully the third one in March. Fingers crossed on that. Um, oh, we'll go nice. from there. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Look, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful for one. So I'm not, you know, it is what it is. Um. We'll have a lot more coming up on the Life of an Average Joe podcast as well. Speaking of that, we got updates. Got updates on beanies and T-shirts. The beanies are approved, submitted. I The mock-ups were great. Um, there was a slight delay. They were supposed to be ready today. Not today, this week. They're supposed to be ready this week so I could go ahead and go live with the links. Uh, I think I posted what they look like. If I haven't, I'm going to do that again. 
Um, okay. Yes, I think if you did, I missed it, but I yeah, haven't. I thought I did. Yeah, let me go. I'll do it again, though. Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna do it. Again. Okay. Um, so uh, it was just a you know financial situation, um, but hey, nothing bad. And Groggy Dog has been amazing. Not only are they amazing, even if they even if they weren't a sponsor, even if they weren't making the stuff, I have used these guys before. I use these guys for a bar I ran that's no longer there called Stands on Main Street. They made all of our uniforms for our staff. They made the uniforms for our everything. We did some stuff with FC Dallas. We did some stuff with Tufts Brewery. They made that stuff, and they are phenomenal. They've done a great job. They're great. Look, if you don't have a lot of money and you're just getting started, they work with you. They're not people that are like, well, you got to order this many. It's going to cost you $5,000. Like... <clears throat> They work with you. Not only have they given me a massive discount, they have worked with me, and I am not easy to work with all the time. So they're, <laughs> they've been doing a great job. But you, too, can get up to 30% off your order based on what you're getting if you go ahead to the Life of an Average Joe podcast.com, click that link, check out your T-shirts, man. Get some swag. Get some koozies. Get some, you know, get some stuff. And go ahead and get it through Groggy Dog. They've been amazing. So I will have that picture up, and we will have those going live. And you guys can go ahead and sport the life of an average Joe Beanie all around the country, man. So there we go. Yes. Nick, awesome talking to you. I have a feeling this won't be the last time that we discuss the book. Uh, I think there's a lot more we can dive into. So, Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. guys, (laughs) Guys, be ready for that. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, the AOK podcast. Until then, man, Nick, I'm going to sign off and get out of here. It has been a pleasure as always. And looking forward to bringing you back to the AOK side too soon. I'm ready, man. Whatever it is, I'm ready. I don't even know what we're talking about, but I'm ready. Neither do I, but we'll figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys very much. Tune on back. Uh, Tune on back. Yeah, that's a thing. Come on back next week. Make sure you follow, like, share email, dislike, whatever you want to do. But thanks again, Nick. I'll talk to you soon. See ya.